Took my dear girl. It's like the uh, Mighty Boosh. I bet you like Mighty Boosh was a lot heavily inspired by T-Rex. Kind of obvious if you look at his image. And you look at these bitches. look like they're wearing shag carpets as a coat. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I would like to welcome um, our boomer audience. Everyone uh, that likes T-Rex certainly is over the age of 50. Maybe. Boomer moms, boomer moms, boomer (laughs) Yeah. What's awesome is that your microphone's not even on. That's the best part. No. We are professionals. What's wild about that is that it... It didn't, uh, it, yes, it definitely was. It's still nothing, man. Are you plugged into everything, dude? Are you, is this right there plugged in all the way? Is the right cable plugged in? Did I plug in the wrong one? What were you saying? Uh, I was saying, uh, welcome. I'd like to welcome our Boomer Fox News geriatric audience to uh, T-Rex Sucks episode. I'm going to assume that if you know who T-Rex is, you're possibly of the retirement age. I can tell you who knows who T-Rex is, is everyone who learned one guitar riff in order to then move that guitar riff up and down the neck of their guitar and never learn how to do anything else. Yeah. One of the worst things about any band uh, like of this uh, quality of music getting huge is it actually decimates a whole nother generation of music. It enables people to be bad musicians. Yes, exactly. This is why bands like The Replacements exist, is yes. because of bands like this. Exactly. I can't be as good as Jimmy Page, but I just need the attitude. Yeah. Let me let me play this. And then everyone <laughs> loves it, so... And then they can't even do that well enough. And next thing you know, we're doing an episode on why you suck. If you like guitar riffs that go dun 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 this is extremely your shit. Have we got a band for you? Also, let's just preemptively get it out of the way. If you're listening to this and you're going saying to yourself, or you're already typing the email or already tweeting at us, I've never even listened to T Rex. Why are you doing an episode on T Rex? You should ask your boomer father or your boomer mother about T-Rex. This band was freaking massive. So just because you don't know who they are doesn't mean shit. They weren't that big of a deal in the United States ever, but everywhere else they were huge. I mean, a Beatle filmed a movie about T-Rex because he thought that it was like certain to be a huge movie. This is Ringo. And he had taken over the movie arm of Apple Records, the Beatles company. So he wanted to come out with this huge movie and this is the band he chose because he was certain that it was the right move. Yeah, I was going to also say besides welcome boomers would be a welcome our Euro trash fans. So if you're listening to this uh, in the UK or somewhere over there, I I honestly don't know geography very well once I leave the United States. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Really excited to have you here. Pretty much what happened here, for anyone who does not know, is this kid's manager's wife started dressing him up in her clothes and put glitter on his face, which is what basically everyone agrees was the start of glam rock, although Mark Bolin was definitely one of the maybe 30 people in the room when David Bowie wore eyeliner for a show a year or two before that. Mm. So mm. y'all can argue over who started glam all day. I don't care. I also would like to point out that I have no problem with the visual aspects of glam. Wear makeup, wear fur coats. I don't give a shit. If that makes you feel awesome, then that's awesome. But I do have a problem when people 
can't admit that that's why they like this shit. And I have a problem when fans want to pretend that T-Rex is worth taking seriously on a musical level. Mm. None of that shit translates to music. Mm -mm. It's attitude. Again, replacements. It's just like, you like this attitude. I get that. Admit that you, this music is fucking nonsense. We need to like categorize these bands. We need to create categories because this definitely falls into the people like the image of the band or the story of the band or the, you know, the glam rock aspect of it. But really the music is totally replaceable. There's nothing about the music that's good. It's pretty trash top to bottom. So if you removed that aspect of it, I think they would just be another band that had a couple songs that people like. Well, you know that the music is irrelevant to the rest of it because Eddie Cochran did nearly everything on Electric Warrior except the strings. And he did it a lot better Two full decades prior to T-Rex doing any of this shit. And if T-Rex is your favorite band, but you've never spent like a week listening to Eddie Cochran's singles, it's fair to say your entire life is a lie. (laughs) If you look at the first rock and roll songs to hit radio, a lot of it was secretly country music simplified for mainstream audiences. And that's why Mark Bolin ripped off Webb Pierce's Teenage Boogie for the song I Love to Boogie. That's why the rockabilly artist Gene Vincent wrote Bebopalula after seeing Hank Snow's All-Star Jamboree with the Leuven Brothers and Cowboy Copas. Bo Diddley straight up said he was trying to play Gene Autry's Jingle Jangle Jingle when he came up with the Bo Diddley beat, a foundational element of at least a corner of rock music. What's up with everyone from Europe? coming over to the United States and just jacking everything that was great and created here. Beatles did it. So many bands have done it. They just straight up jack music that's made here that's better. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is really good. But if we take it home, you know, we don't have the internet yet. No one's even going to know that I straight up stole this. I don't know how much you know about the history of the British Empire, but it's kind of their thing. (laughs) Oh, shit. And then even as far as the image goes... Bowie took glam as far as it could go in the mainstream and his entire, oh, look, I'm an alien shtick was literally an update of a rockabilly shtick. That's why he put the Elvis Presley lightning bolt necklace on his face. It would take me an hour to list all the rockabilly songs about aliens and UFOs. This shit didn't come out of nowhere. And for some reason, glam kids cannot handle it when you point this shit out to them. It's like they've never wondered why Mark Boland would write so many songs about riding around in a car. Have you heard rockabilly music? Have you been to a rockabilly music festival? You know what there's a lot of there? Also, I mean, I'm just thinking about like Bowie and this dumpster fire of a band T-Rex. The bar for being, I guess, like edgy or different was just so incredibly low comparison to now. Now, I feel like if you want to be different, you got to be like, look, I cut my cock off and I sewed it to my forehead. And people are like, "Eh, it's kind of cool. I have the internet, dickhead. Like, whatever, dude. Do you get it, dickhead? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, back then it was like, oh, look, this dude put eyeliner on. Oh my God. It's so, yeah. it's so different. Oh my gosh. You could get so much attention. You didn't have to be good. You just could do something kind of quote unquote edgy. Well, and the fact that they were on purpose doing it to try to be edgy. It's yeah. not like any of this was an expression of self. It was entirely to get attention because they knew it would be shocking that's all you had to do. <laughs> now people be like, dude, you're wearing makeup. Who the fuck cares? Everyone wears makeup. Who, I really don't care. 
But back then, you could have stood out and been like weird or different. Like, oh shit, look at this guy. What's he doing? I can't remember the name of the company, but there is straight up at least one brand of makeup that is for straight dudes. You know how they have to brand everything tough? Yeah, of course. Yes. There's that fucking horrible soap company. I can't remember what it's called, but all their ads are always like, our soap is big because a man needs a big bar of soap to grab. candles now where it's like you're not gay if you buy this candle <laughs> is basically the mark so there is straight up at least one brand of dude concealer where it's like hey man yeah just because you don't want people to see zits on your face doesn't mean that you want to suck a dick you know yeah 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 but back then it was like edgy holy shit this dude has long hair it's also crazy how that shit swings back and forth as far as what is and isn't perceived as masculine or not because centuries earlier if you were a dude and you didn't wear all kinds of white powder on yeah, your face sure, in totally. Europe, everyone would be like, yeah, bro, what the fuck are you doing right yeah. now? Are you trying to get kicked out of the dinner club? I just think, I feel like if you were to start a rock and roll band nowadays and you were to do exactly what T-Rex did, people would probably just laugh at you. A, they'd be like, oh my God, this is the shittiest guitar riff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and B, your makeup, your makeup doesn't look edgy. It looks like shit. Like, who did that? This is exactly what happens when a guy who loves rockabilly music, which he did, decides the only way to get attention in the late 1960s is to spend a few years as a hippie, which is what he was doing before he started T-Rex, is trying to do that whole, like, freak folk, I believe in elves shit. And then when that didn't get him enough attention, he switches to putting on makeup and gets his electric guitar out of the closet and turns it up. This is just the equivalent of like you show a kid how to play a chord, give him a Marshall stack and he just stands in front of it. And that's all he wants to do from then on. Yeah. Cool. If that's fun for you, great. But like, why are you forcing this on other people? But they did. I think that this episode is going to make a lot of people mad because they enjoy three songs by this band. But I don't think that this is the actual favorite band of very many people at all. Almost nobody has ever listened to more than two of this band's albums. And in case you don't know it and you love T-Rex so much, this band put out way more albums than just the two that you like. This band's best song is probably called Chrome Sitar, and it's on an album I know for a fact 90% of the people who claim to love this band have never heard of called Futuristic Dragon. See, I'm mad for a whole different reason. I'm mad that we have to do this episode because I had to listen to copious amounts of absolute shit garbage music. Because, I mean, of course, I'm familiar with T-Rex, but getting prepared for this episode meant that I had to listen to T-Rex all of the records. You listened to all of them? No, I did not. No, I listened to like two of them. I, 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 I got through half a couple albums and I was like, I can't do this. I get the idea. It's fucking trash. I get it. The biggest problem is how formulaic and repetitive it is. That's the thing. I think, okay, so I try to be more objective, right? I try to be like more thoughtful and, you know, so I can not listen to people commenting on her stuff. Your comments are so dumb. I'm like, okay, well, I'll try. I'll try to be smarter in my discourse here. And it just can't. I listened to it. I was like, okay, well, why? This is how many records that they have? Eight records or something ridiculous. Maybe while he was alive, they definitely also kept putting shit kept out. Putting they stuff they, out they released everything that was on yes. record after this guy died. It, it does. Standard. It definitely falls into the camp of this should just be one shitty album. And instead it's like three or four. 
or whatever. Yeah, he just being. didn't stop. Yes. And it's, just, it's uh, way worse than Chuck Berry. Oh my Does God. Chuck Berry also only have two songs that he rewrote over and over again? Yeah, but he was the guy who invented those songs. So if that's what he wants to do, then he's allowed to do that. Well, here's how you can tell if something is boring is by how long it takes David Bowie to get tired of copying it. Mm. He did Mark Boland way better than Mark Boland did, by the way, for two albums and correctly surmised that almost nobody wants to listen to more than two albums of that bullshit and then started looking for the next person to copy. Yep. That's how you know how tired this shit is. It's a Madonna <laughs> principle. Like, however long she rips something off is exactly how valuable it is to pop culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And maybe that. if Mark Boland wasn't doing so much cocaine all the time, which you can absolutely hear by how much he sniffles in every interview that he's done or he did, then it's possible these wouldn't be the same two songs over and over again at different speeds. But then again, I assume the band Buckcherry does a ton of blow and they are way more diverse than T-Rex. Yeah. Cocaine is awesome, but that doesn't give you an excuse to make an endless stream of shit music. He was just high and feeling good, and yeah. he transferred that feeling over to the music. Oh, this music dude. must be great, because I feel awesome. <laughs> Do you know how many songs my friends over the years have sent me just fucking raged out on fucking coke? I'm like, how awesome is this? And I'm like, this is not good, dude. I Stop doing blow for a minute and listen to what you just sent me. It just distorts your whole shit, and if you're doing it all the time, this is what happens. But again, even there, the song Lit Up by Buckcherry shits on everything that T-Rex ever recorded. Sure. If it wouldn't get us copyright strikes, this entire episode would just be us playing the song Lit Up in its entirety 10 times in a row and saying good fucking night. Because <laughs> which one do you want? Do you want Guns N' Roses or T-Rex? Easy, easy oh, decision to Jesus make. Jesus Christ. But I guess at the time, this would have been like a Guns N' Roses for people again, that are retired now. T-Rex is also another band where some kid decided he wanted to be a rock star to be famous way before the making music part of it ever entered into the equation as far as his thinking was concerned. He played his first show before knowing anything about music because he assumed you could just go on stage and do it. Yeah. And that's what he assumed right up until the part where his band didn't play the song in the same key and he therefore could not sing it and just had to leave. Just had to walk off the stage. Uh, oops, I guess this is harder than I thought. Let me go learn the bare fucking minimum necessary to keep doing this. I feel like that's something that we talked about in the Bowie thing, the Bowie episode too. Same thing. This just incessant need to be famous. Yeah. And really doing whatever it took to be famous. And there's definitely a difference, right? People will uh, get mad at us for doing certain bands because they believe <laughs> For whatever reason some of these bands <laughs> did it for the quote-unquote right reasons or whatever that is well t-rex would have just done anything there's not really an artistic side to this it's just oh shit people like this well i'll keep doing it this guy's on record he said so much asinine stuff in his life but dude is on record on several occasions as having always believed that he was better than everyone else around him yeah one of my notes reading just about how insanely narcissistic it's he was wild. Like way over the top and i only the one article was like laid out all these instances of all this crazy shit that he had said and i was like i started to take notes on it and i was like whatever this dude was just obviously an asshole so we get the gist the very influential dj john peel is basically who put mark Bolin on the map by talking about how great he thought tyrannosaurus rex was then later said he regretted doing that 
He said something like Mark Bolin is a hippie with a knife up his sleeve or something like that. And because he realized that this was a fame hound who would do whatever it took to become popular. Mm -hmm. What do you need me to be? What do you need me to be? I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. Yes. And if Mark Bolin was still alive when this episode came out, he would just be happy that someone was still talking about him. Those are the worst people. Maybe it's because we live in Nashville, so we definitely run into people like that on a much higher level than normal places in America. Besides like L.A. and New York, you meet a ton of people that are like that, will just do anything for attention. And it's so obnoxious. Once you talk to someone that's like that and you quickly realize that they're like that, it's such a off-putting, shitty thing. Just somebody that wants nothing more in life than to be popular and famous. It's also weird because it, there are so many ways you can do that, especially now without pretending that you care about music or want to yes. make it as a musician. I guess when he was wow. around, it was like one of the only edgelord things to do. I guess there's also tears of difficulty when it comes to breaking in and achieving success. Like it's definitely harder to become a famous actor than it is to get some attention as a musician. How many um, people that like T-Rex, maybe even grew up with T-Rex, would look at like modern society pissed off that all these people are on social media doing all this dumb shit to get attention. What do you think he would have been doing if social media existed? So many people that we've covered in this shows, T-Rex or David Bowie, if TikTok existed, when they were making music, they would have been all over fucking TikTok. They may not have even made music at the end of the day. The other thing about narcissists like Mark Bolin, prior to the internet, they really had no reason to think they would ever get checked as far as lying about shit goes, you know? Sure. So they would just like say real wild stuff. That I mean, he would claim... In interviews, he would say that uh, T-Rex had sold like millions of more copies of albums than they actually had. There's one interview where he's like, I mean, we've sold more albums than Rod Stewart, as if he wasn't talking to someone whose job meant they may have some idea of whether that's true or not. Right. Okay. no, you haven't. (laughs) You definitely haven't. He would just like start reeling off nonsense. One time he said he was going to score a Fellini film. It's like, bro, you're definitely not going to score a Fellini film. That's not going to happen. Again, if modern times where you could just Google something immediately Immediately, he would just be wrecked at all times. He also talked an epic amount of shit on other bands and musical artists. I mean, and you can go read basically any interview for an example of this stuff. I think the best one is it's short, so you don't have to do a lot of reading because I know you're probably dumb. But the <laughs> the one that he did with Cameron Crowe for Cream Magazine back when Cameron was like a 16 year old music journalist, Bowling gets going on David Bowie. He starts talking about how uh, Bowie's management, his people are trying to hype him up in the UK as having gotten very successful in the United States. And then Mark's like, but if you look at it, his album only chartered at so-and-so placement, which isn't such a hit. And over in England, I mean, I'm way more of a star than he is. And then he keeps going. He's like, I don't think that I really don't think that David is ever going to make it because I just don't think that he has what it takes. You know, I I do. But like he does it. <laughs> and, I mean, and also that's fine. But then he goes on to say some dumb shit like T-Rex is a better band than Slade, which is absolute hogwash. Objectively false. Not true, sir. Yeah. Again, uh, 
the power of the egomaniac. Nowadays, in our current situation, like, can you really be that giant of an egomaniac asshole without, nowadays, you would be like, oh, you're a prick. I guess back then, people wouldn't say that. They'd be like, oh, he's, they're rock stars. They're acting like really cool, blah, blah, blah. Kanye West now, is doing I, all right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't know. There's a lot of people that shit on him still. I mean, maybe there were people shitting on Mark Bowen back then. Yeah, too. John Peel was one of them. I yeah. mean, there's definitely a lot of people who were calling him out on his shit. Well, so the thing about making the transition from Tyrannosaurus Rex to T-Rex is it happened in a period where the folk stuff that he was doing was seen as more serious. And then when he switched over to doing this shit, there's like a certain word that everyone used to insult it, like teeny bopper, I think. Mm. Everyone called T-Rex's music teeny bopper stuff because all this all the songs are nonsense the lyrics don't mean anything yeah they're corny it's, yeah it's just all right. dumb shit music for little kids basically okay which also mark bolan thought that was great so he actually liked awesome. that fact he was like yeah cool the song children of the revolution may be the actual best example ever of a song that is about nothing at all but people attach all kinds of meaning to it because he says the word revolution a bunch of times even though in the verses he sings about having a rolls royce yes motherfucker if there's a revolution that rolls royce will get you killed they're gonna shove that rolls royce up your ass when i saw <laughs> that in particular that actually stuck out to me too I was like, what? They're going to drag you out fuck? of that thing by your hair. Yeah, they're going to kill you in the revolution, dude. What are you talking about? You better dance your ass back into the womb, son. You are the worst person to be seeking out revolutions. If there's a revolution, you're literally the first person they're going to kill. What are you talking about? Like, who's that dickhead who sings about having a Rolls Royce on the radio a hundred times a day? Where's his <laughs> house? I will say this. If you're going to be a political band that sings about revolution or something, you kind of have to do it all the time. It'd be like Guns N' Roses singing a song about Rage Against the Machine song or something. Raise like, the minimum wage. Right, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't really work with what you're doing. The Beatles song Revolution is nearly meaningless. It's still a better Revolution song than this T-Rex song. That's actually the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh, is he trying to be the Beatles? No, you awful. The children of the revolution. <laughs> no, no. Oh, shit. Dude, I don't know. It's for me, any time a, a fucking super rich people are seeing a revolution, you lose me. Let's burn everyone's house down except that. And I really like his car. I really like his car. Let's let's let him live. So we have new T-shirts, but I just realized: can we say how how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain '90s grunge rock band, uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with <laughs> the Bowling Bones. The Bowling Bones. Yeah, Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com merch store. Buy a t-shirt, buy a flag, buy a pin, buy a sticker. T-Rex was notoriously one of the worst live acts of all time. You can find interviews with the producer, Tony Visconti, admitting that Mark Bolin was not a very good guitar player at all. You can find interviews with Mark Bolin himself straight up stating that 95% of his success can be attributed to the way he looks and not the music. Mm. Again, I guess, I mean, I don't even play guitar and I was like, this is some corny ass. You can guitar, play all yes, these songs. This is like 
great for beginner guitar players. If you suck at guitar, you love this band. Oh my God, they're probably your favorite band of all time. They gotta be. This is some trash ass music. Like, bump, like, bump, 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 Which song is that? Which 10 T-Rex songs was that? I was going to say that really is probably at least 10 songs. Uh, I just wonder what it would be like to be in the studio with a band like this. And the first time he's like, you know, like the, the producer like hears these songs for the first time. Now, maybe he not may not say it because he realized he's dealing with crazy people thinking to himself like, I can't believe they're going to record this shit. Like, oh, my God, my 10 year old kid can play this shit. What the what even is this music? But, you know, but they're getting paid a lot of money. So they're like, oh, yeah, man, sounds great. <laughs> great riffs. OK, so are you done checking the amp? Like, right. <laughs> like oh, wait, are you, what's the first song you would like to record? Are you warming up? Or is that the actual song? What what am I listening to right now? Write a song, write a song, <laughs> write a song. Mm -hmm. But this is why David Bowie ripping off T-Rex is better than T-Rex because David Bowie was using more than barely competent musicians. Unless you were wasted enough that you would love anyone playing power chords through a Gibson, T-Rex was always incredibly sloppy and Mark Boland's voice could never, could never compete with the volume coming off that stage. You can, there's a ton of footage of this band playing these songs live. I mean, find one where they're not lip syncing, obviously. It's bad, it's universally bad. There's a bootleg of a T-Rex concert from the early 1970s in Chicago where you can hear the audience who bought tickets to see T-Rex headline this show, booing them and yelling for the opening band Uriah Heep to please come back out on the stage. <laughs> That's brutal, dude. I can't imagine this, that. The people who bought a ticket to see this band were like, this fucking sucks. That's so brutal. My God. It is not a coincidence that Jimi Hendrix died one month before Ride a White Swan was released and became T-Rex's first hit. There's no chance of anyone caring about T-Rex while Hendrix walks the earth. Maybe if you just ate like a sheet of acid, T-Rex is the greatest band of all time. No! Have you ever heard Blue Oyster Cult? I was going to say, yeah. There's, I mean, there are plenty of other, other things to listen to. I just wonder um, if you're smoking shitty weed and you know, drinking tons of beer. How many of these apple juices do I have to drink to enjoy T-Rex? I honestly think, I don't think there's enough. Well, the early Tyrannosaurus Rex stuff is way better if we're doing drugs too. Mm, folk stuff. Bongo. The only thing I have heard worse than this band or this genre, whatever it even is, because I did see that it said it was like folk rock or something. And I was like, oh my fucking That's God. the early shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazz, jazz is just terrible top to bottom. So I put this in the same category as jazz music. If anyone wants to spend 10 seconds learning why everyone talks about T-Rex as this genius important band, but nobody ever brings up Blue Oyster Cult anymore outside the context of an SNL skit, just do a Google image search for what the band Blue Oyster Cult looked like in the 1960s and 1970s. Yeah, That's sure. why you have to hear about T-Rex so much more than Blue Oyster Cult. Those dudes were ugly. There's nothing that any of them could do about it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not ragging on them about it. I'm just saying that's why you don't give a shit about that band. Yeah. You're fucking superficial. The concerns of glam rock fans are obviously way more superficial than the average rock fan, by the way. It's right there in the name of the genre. At the end of the day, the solo in Don't Fear the Reaper, which is obviously a cheesy generic song for Blue Witch Cult, the solo in there is better than anything T-Rex ever wrote top to bottom.
Dude, Godzilla like, fucking spanks T-Rex. The song Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. You should have been listening to Blue Oyster Cult or literally any other band on earth at the time. Dude, honestly, I bet that Blue Oyster Cult recorded the song Godzilla because they were pissed at how much the band T-Rex did not sound like a band named T-Rex. Yeah. I can't believe that T-Rex wasn't sued for false advertising when they released Electric Warrior with the cover image that it has. You look at that <laughs> album cover, Storm Thurston, Hypnosis, shout out every time, brilliant fucking artist. That album cover is incredible. That's one mm. of the best album covers of all time. The music does not sound like that image looks imagine your album cover outshines your music here's the thing though too back then people bought albums because they had to go to the fucking record store and buy yeah, them. look at this dude yeah. standing in front of a full stack you're expecting mc5 or some shit that sounds like godzilla by blue oyster cult and then you get hippie nonsense honestly hundreds of millions of albums in history have been sold strictly because of the album art Especially back then when everyone had to look at it in the record store. I would have bought that hands yeah. down. But people would have been like, oh shit, this has got to be good. This album, this artwork is fucking cool as hell. Yeah. And that's another way you can tell that glam rock fans are superficial because they only ever want to talk about Electric Warrior instead of The Slider, an album that has a terrible cover, but which is way better music than Electric Warrior. Yeah. It's not even close, really. Honestly, this conversation makes me kind of feel bad for modern bands. Nobody's buying your album nowadays because of your album art. <laughs> Nobody is. They're going to say, <laughs> they're probably never even going to see it. If you played guitar as bad as, or wrote songs as bad as this band, you'd probably not make it. There's, a, uh, I would say, a roughly a higher standard for music nowadays. Unfortunately, for all you young musicians, you have to be better than T-Rex. And Well, you still have to be good looking now. Oh, sure. I mean, yes, you have to be good looking. Yes. But you can't sell albums based on your artwork or your really cool album name. It just doesn't work anymore. Don't you think it's weird that all the most famous musicians of all time just like happened to be physically attractive? Yeah, it's weird, mm -hmm. right? I would never guess why. Hmm. I've never... I guess pretty people are just better at music. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. It's possible. Mm. It's, it's, it's probably a direct correlation between looks and your ability to play guitar. Write songs. I mean, it sucks to be ugly, but that's just the truth. If you don't think that glam rock fans are superficial as fuck, just go read about the trajectory of Mark Boland's career. He started doing drugs and drinking in the early 70s, very early 70s, and was already gaining a significant amount of weight within like a year of Bang A Gong becoming a hit. And his audience left to pay attention to whoever they thought was prettier. Yeah. That's what happened. It's literally built into the name glam, glamorous. It's also kind of what this dude gets because the downgrade in musicianship from Steve Took to Mickey Finn was fine to Bolin because Mickey was so much better looking than the first guy. He was like, okay, I'm going to make this upgrade and change the name of the band a little bit. I mean, if you think you care about music more than you care about fame and attitude and rock star bullshit, go ahead and look into everything Steve Took did after leaving Tyrannosaurus Rex because that Twink Think Pink LP and Mick Farron's Mona LP and their band Shagrat are all better than T-Rex. And this is just talking about one guy who was in a band with Mark Bolin. If you want to start talking about better hippie electric guitar boogie psych than T-Rex, we will be here all day. Top of the mind, uh, T2s, it'll all work out in Boomland. Spirit self-titled album from 1968. 
And if you're ready to stop fucking around and listen to the real <laughs> shit and get into kraut rock, then you need to get the Faust albums, Faust So Far and Faust 4. Or we could talk about all the other people Mark Bolin ripped off besides rockabilly, like the fact that over 75% of his guitar riffs are directly from John Lee Hooker albums. It's John Lee Hooker with a string section is essentially what you're listening to here. Mm -hmm. Ebola himself copped to Jeepster just being what Howlin' Wolf's cut of You'll Be Mine would sound like as a pop song in stereo. Dude definitely wrote Children of the Revolution by taking his own riff from Buick McCain and combining it with Hawkwind's Children of the Sun. This band's biggest hit will always be Bang A Gone, and it's definitely just a song called Turn It On by an American band in the 1960s called Skeptics. You can look that up, and if you could tell the difference between those songs, it must be fun to be delusional enough to make reality whatever you need it to be. Dude is a rip-off artist like no other. Mark Bolin tried so little to write original songs, he's gotta have more wo-oh-oh-ohs and la-la-la-la-las in his songs than nearly anyone. Can you imagine having a roommate who listened to the T-Rex song Hot Love every day? <laughs> it's just actual <laughs> minutes of him going la 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 <laughs> I just love that. Like, that's my favorite thing. I don't know what I'm going to say here. I know I'm going to say la 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 like, it sounds uh, like demos where he's like, I know. I will write some yeah. lyrics later. That's that's what it actually I'm not gonna yes. write. It, that's what it screams in my head is God, it goes, la 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 la. And someone goes, Oh, what are the lyrics? And you're like, those are the words. That Anakin meme. I wrote a song, and then Natalie Portman's like, You're gonna write some lyrics for it later, right? And <laughs> yeah, then she's yeah. like that face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Do you have anything else I'm about to wrap this up? No, I could care less about this band. If T-Rex is your favorite band. Your favorite band. You are welcome for another glamorous episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. If you no longer feel comfortable wearing your Electric Warrior shirt outside the home, we've got plenty of replacement options available for you at shop.yfbspod.com. While you're on the website, you can grab a link to this episode and share it with whoever you think needs to hear it. If this is your first time joining us, there is a page on the site with an alphabetical list of all our previous episodes, so go click around and have some fun. Okay, believe it or not, our next episode will be the 100th regular episode of this podcast. In true Your Favorite Band Sucks fashion, we thought we'd celebrate by focusing on something totally unremarkable and talking about the band 21 Pilots. <laughs>